And I don't know what experience is going to present itself to me to offer me the opportunity to go to the next level. I just want to be ready. And I want to gain everything that I got to gain out of previous experiences so I can be ready for the present and the future ones. Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. Here you're going to hear conversations with thought leaders all over the world who generate one aha moment after the other for us. These folks are solving some of the world's most complex problems, or they are offering us insights from their own life experience that can change the way we all go forward. You know, most of them we've noticed see a possible future for us all that is super bright, even with all the complexities that there are in the world. And I believe that we need to see what they see. We need to know what they know about getting around obstacles and finding opportunity in disaster. Because, you know, we're all trying to come out of this pandemic in a new way. And there is no end to goodness and progress in the world. In fact, there's a great wave of it that we're trying to expose here at the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. So today we're going to talk to Rodney Flowers. Rodney is one of the most amazing people I've spoken to on the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. He is a speaker and a coach, and he's a resilience trainer, which to me means he knows a lot about that getting around obstacles and sharing the strategies that have helped him have a successful, really powerful sense of meaning and purpose. So Rodney, welcome back to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Glad to be here. Well, uh, we interviewed Rodney part one and never got to a single question that I had written down to ask. (laughs) It was an amazing interview. If you haven't listened to that, please do. You know, you're going to see me writing from time to time during this podcast. And what I'm doing is marking down the timestamps where my guest is saying something that really deserves rethinking or, you know, revisiting after the, after listening. And you'll find all these notes in the, in the show notes with the podcast, but I had two pages <laughs> of timestamps that I wrote while Rodney was, was chatting last time with me. And so I decided that he could best inform our way forward by absolutely sharing with us these seven strategies that I had intended to talk to him about last time. So, Rodney, we are going to talk about something I found about you on the internet. You wrote an article about the seven strategies of resilience. And, you know, in in these times, most of us are, we've had an opportunity to pause with the pandemic and give some thought to our priorities and our goals and how we live each day, maybe more in the present than we used to. So give us your thoughts before we dive into the seven strategies of resilience Give us your thoughts on maybe maybe the opportunity that we have right now in this in this time. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great opportunity and it's been overshadowed by many of the devastating effects that we have experienced. And my condolences to those of you listening that have lost someone and and are feeling the effects of this event. You know, it takes a lot of courage to sort of see beyond the obstacle and see what's available for us. And that's the call to action for a lot of us, for all of us, if we're going to get to the other side of this. And so I think with every challenge comes the seed of opportunity. And I think I just quoted Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich. And so that requires looking at challenges 
in a certain light, with a certain approach, with a certain mindset. And that's where we are. And the bigger the challenge, the greater the opportunity. It, it, it really is. And just from my life experience, I know that when we approach challenges that way and we can see the goodness that's available, see the opportunities that's available, it makes for us to discover what's possible on the other side. And that is very important because a lot of times we can't see what's possible in the status quo. Sometimes it takes a squeeze. It takes a challenge. It takes something to sort of raise our awareness. Like when you're trying to overcome a challenge or you're, you're dealing with it, you can get to a place where you become so aware because you're trying to get over that you see something that you hadn't seen before. You discover something that you hadn't discovered before. As a matter of fact, you discover something that you would not have discovered if the challenge wasn't there. And so that can be very exciting. And sometimes that can seem like a moonshot, if you will, right? And I'm speaking from my own experience because what I seen was an opportunity in my experience to, to do and be what I'm doing right now. And that one point in time, that was a moonshot. This is too suspenseful. You've got to share with people. You've got your story. Yeah. It is a moonshot. Please share moon some shot. of that. Yeah. All right. So for those of you that, that didn't listen to the first episode and just joining us now. So I used to be paralyzed from the neck down. And the, the way I got there was via an accident while playing football that rendered me quadriplegic. And the doctors told me I would never walk again. I would be a vegetable for the rest of my life. And I was incapacitated for 18 years. Couldn't walk independently. And I definitely wasn't living the life that I'm living right now. And, you know, over time and over a series of experiences and personal development, you know, I've been able to regain my strength and regain my ability to, to mobilize and to, to walk. And I've written books. I've become a coach and a trainer an expert at overcoming obstacles and bouncing back, you know, being resilient. I understand that very intricately. And that vision that I'm living right now was only a vision at one point in time in my life. It was my moonshot and I took it. And the reason why I took it and my invitation to you to take yours, to see what's there, to see what's possible, to see what's available beyond the obstacle. Because I heard someone say, I think it was Les Brown says, shoot for the moon. If you don't make it, at least you'll be among the stars. And that was a driving force for me because I realized by going for the goal, going for 100% of the vision, regardless of how insurmountable it seemed, would take me off top dead center, meaning that I would not stay in the same place. It is the, in the pursuit of something big and something great that caused me to progress. And that in and of itself, like if you don't take anything from any one of these interviews with me, if you can just take that, the pursuit of something great will take you off top dead center of where you are. That is worth pursuing your goal, your dream, your vision. The other side of the obstacle that you can see is worth pursuing because it takes you off top dead center of where you are. I believe in progress. A lot of people focus on the destination. They focus on getting the money, getting the house, the getting, the getting, the getting, the arrival, like the, the landing of the plane, the step onto the moon. I focus on the journey, the process, the progress between one point to the next, because that's where the, the growth happened. That's where the, the miracle 
happens. The miracle doesn't happen when you step foot. The miracle is already in the making, in the progress. When you decide to take the first step, that's the beginning of the making. It's like a cake. I remember when my grandmother would go into the kitchen and she would start making a cake, like the process of pouring the batter into the bowl and starting to mix the eggs and the, the kneading of the bread and all of those things that she would do to, to get to the point of making the cake. That's when the miracle was happening. And so we have to start, like we wait for a miracle to just show up. And we think that we don't have no responsibility or no action in that, but it is in the taking of the first step that your, your miracle begins to form. And so that is the invitation. And when the, the challenge shows up, that's when you have the opportunity to start your miracle in your life. And so that's, that's really my philosophy for where we are right now with the pandemic and everything that's happening in the world, not just the pandemic, but social unrest. I mean, I think now is a great time for conversations like diversity and inclusion and the world is getting smaller with the advancement of technology. And so understanding and embracing different cultures is, is like a real thing. Like you need to know now because you could be on a call with someone from China, you know, or, or somewhere else in the world over a Zoom call and understanding how to connect and interact with that person is, is very important. And so that's what a lot of these, what we call challenges right now has opened up for us. And there, and that's where I tend to put my focus in, in the opportunities that have, have shown up. Okay, so now, <laughs> now we know where Rodney's starting from and, all, and why, and why he has something to share with every single one of our journey. There's one story from your previous interview that I'd love for you to talk about, because I think this is reflective of the impact all of us can have on others when we find our purpose, that thing that we're uniquely built to contribute. So share with us the story of the walk you were on one day in the, in the fall. Yeah. So I work out a lot and I increased my walking routine from once a week to three times a, a week. And it was really, there's this hill that I, I walk you know, near my house and this hill is, is very tall. It, it, it is very challenging. And I was doing it once a week because it was so challenging that I needed a lot of time to recover because it's, it's very difficult. And I wanted to push myself. And so I started walking this hill three times a week. And when I made that decision, Monday came around, it was time to start. I went out, I fell. Body was tired. I didn't feel like doing it. And I took a fall. And so at that point, I had a decision to make. Am I going to keep going or am I going to call it quits and start out on another day? Well, I decided to keep going. And in my quest to push forward and, and to to, to stick to what I started. I seen a gentleman walking down the hill and we approached each, each other. And he said to me, you know, I was, I was going to take the shortcut until I saw you walking on these crutches. And now that I've seen you, like, there's no way I could take the shortcut. And I said to him, well, great. That's good because there are no shortcuts in life. Whenever you shortcut, take shortcuts, you shortcut yourself. And so we, we went on our, our ways and that was a testament to me because I had every reason not to be on the hill. It was, it was, you know, the first time actually, you know, starting out on three days a week, I was tired and I fell and I could have turned back around, but in my pursuit, I'm in a place where I can make a difference for someone. When this guy thinks about taking a shortcut in life, he's going to remember me on that hill. He's going to remember himself on the hill and he's going to remember that 
if he takes the shortcut, he's shortcutting himself. And so we have to understand where we are in our challenges as it relates to those around us. Because I believe my philosophy is the challenges that's showing up in your life are not challenges that are happening to you. They're challenging challenges that are happen, happening for you. They're happening so that you can be a bigger, greater version of yourself. The squeeze is an opportunity for you to outperform it. And if you have the right mindset, you will learn something, develop something, improve something that's going to allow you to overcome the challenge, thereby making you a greater version of yourself, thereby making your expression and your contribution, your service, your existence more valuable. And with that approach, we will never feel bad about challenges that show up because we understand that that's game time. That's the opportunity for us to become the bigger, greater versions of ourselves. And we would take that opportunity to outperform the challenges that are presented. Great. (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're only 15 minutes in and i already have this many (laughs) key points that you're making oh this is so great rodney thank you okay so rodney's got us off uh, started off on the right foot we've heard about his story we've heard a lot about the kind of perspective he brings to challenge and disappointment and and his role that he can play in other people's lives as a positive impact and you know we're starting to notice at ever widening circles i didn't um, say much about that in the in the show intro but i've been studying and writing about innovators in the world going uncelebrated for about a decade at a website called ever circles.com. There you're going to see a whole bunch of things that should be in the news and, and, and are not. People like Rodney are defying expectations every day, and there are innovators with the most amazing ideas changing our future. But as we all know, we're not going to learn about them on the negative news or social media. So I'm very interested in sharing people's insights like Rodney. And I came across him from an article about called The Seven Strategies of Resilience. And you can see why he's in a good position to share those with us. So if you don't mind, Rodney, let's just take them as we, as they come. And if we don't get through them, we can have a part three. (laughs) I think that your message is going to be valuable in many, many ways to the specific moments in people's lives that they're facing right now. Maybe point number one doesn't land, but you know how it works, Rodney. When the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to start with something that you said that I think everyone wants to pay attention to because this this what you said has a tendency to sort of go in one ear and out the out the other we don't really become present to the roles that we play in other people's lives i find that very important and it's also tied to your purpose in life your existence you know i, I believe that the universe of god makes no mistakes in everything that it creates it creates with the purpose mm-hmm. and it is the expression of whatever it is that is created, whereby the purpose is being fulfilled. Right. So the grass, you know, the grass, just by nature of being grass, it fulfills its purpose. The trees by nature of being a tree, whatever kind of tree it is, it provides oxygen, it provides a home for the birds, it provides shades, it provides beauty, all of these things. And so we can look at nature and see all of these things that exist that have been created that we had no hand in and how purposeful it is. Like imagine life without trees, imagine life without birds, imagine life without 
all that we see that we had no hand in creating, what if that wasn't there and it wasn't fulfilling or doing what it is designed to do? Wasn't fulfilling its role? Like that's a heavy question. And you can think about yourself in the role that you play and whether or not you are fulfilling your role. I tend to think that the universe is very supportive of our existence and the role that we play. And the challenges that show up are little nudges for us to be more expressive, to be more of ourselves, to gain more insight, to improve. And it creates a little squeeze for us to expand and grow. And so thereby lies number one, the number one resilient strategy, and that's to be okay with the notion of change, to embrace the notion of change, because change is a good thing. Sometimes we get complacent, we get comfortable and satisfied with the status quo. And when we do that, there's no growth, there's no change, there's no expansion, there's no better version. We are good at this level. But sometimes change causes you, calls you and forces you and nudges you to expand your core, to be a better version of yourself. I was talking to someone just the other day and we were talking about how to expand. Like, what does it mean to get to the next level? And I drew a little circle for them. I said, you know, this is your core. And in this core, these are the things that you are familiar with within this circle. Everything that happens in this circle doesn't bother you. It's easy. You can flow through it with no problem. Like you're an expert in everything that's in this circle. But as soon as you step outside this line and you're in the outer ring, that's where things get a little bit uncomfortable. So how do you expand? Well, you spend more time outside the ring than inside the ring. That's where change happened. That's where change is, change is. And in you getting familiar with the things that happen outside the ring, you begin to expand your course. So what was once unfamiliar becomes familiar. And then you become an expert at it. You become a master at it you've just expanded yourself. You've just expanded your core. And that's what change offers. And so when we embrace it, what we do when we do that is we're actually putting ourselves in a power position to expand ourselves. This is fundamental to embracing change is this notion that we, we tell ourselves a story that change is going to be bad, but we don't tell ourselves a story about how good it could be. And we know that neuroscience tells us that our brains are constantly on the lookout for signs of danger and disorder. So, of course, change is going to feel like uh, opening a door to that. But I love this, this just realizing there's a great quote by JFK that that you like to refer people to. Yeah, the one unchangeable certainty is, is that nothing is certain or unchangeable. Yeah. I agree with you. We've been sort of programmed to think that change is bad because it feels uncomfortable. So there's a natural tendency to feel like if it's uncomfortable, then it must not be good. Right. However, as game changers, as people who are leaders and leading the pack in innovation and contribution and service, like we're on the front lines. And that's, that's who I feel like I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people who know how to get things done, but yet still feel like there's something left to do. There's some level of unfulfillment and what it requires to get that level of fulfillment is stepping outside of yourself, doing something that makes you uncomfortable, never settling for the status quo. Even when we've been successful, we accomplish things. There's still yet more to give. And so what is it about you that can bring about change? We still have to keep that mentality that we're still impactful, that we can still contribute, that we can still serve, that we can still make a difference. We may have to discover other 
areas in our lives that we haven't discovered before, we haven't tapped in before, that we haven't, you know, stepped outside of our core and attempted to do in order to express ourselves more. And that's where whenever change happens, you know, we can embrace it or we can decide like to, to embrace it is, is to say that it has been made present in your life. It just kind of showed up maybe in an accident or, 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 you know, a pandemic or something like that, but you can put yourself in a place of change. You can initiate change by stepping outside of your comfort zone, stepping into something new. And maybe it's, Hey, I've been doing this all my life and I'm really good at it and I'm successful and I'm unfulfilled. Yeah. But what is that thing that you know, you would really love to do that you haven't really touched all your life. You've kind of stayed away from that. What would that look like? How impactful would, would that be? How about taking a step in that direction and embracing that change? Yeah. So this is, this is the opportunity in our times is that if the pandemic seems to have given us all a moment of pause, so we might actually be aware of those, those things. And that leads me to the, the second strategy that you talk about, Man. perceive changes as progress. Yeah. Talk about, because, you know, that's a personality style thing. I think some, some people naturally, I'm one of those people. I'm just constantly, (laughs) Hmm. our producer will be laughing in the background here because one of my favorite things, I even have it written on a sign outside my door is this changes everything. I probably say that three times a day. (laughs) And, you know, so I'm just, it's my personality style to embrace change, but but not so many, many people. I think the personality style that's called steady is about 40%. So talk to us about this perceiving change as progress. Well, sometimes we perceive change as, as, as negative, as a decline, as something that is in the opposite direction of where you want to go in life. Like when, you know, opposition shows up, like for me, when I got hit on the field, I didn't think that. I was going in a direction that's going to be productive and creative and impactful in life. Actually, I felt like I was going in the other direction so much that I didn't even want to, I didn't want to live, like just take my life away. And sometimes change can feel that way. If we don't change our mindset towards it, change is progress because change, as I stated earlier, causes us to step outside of what's comfortable. And anytime that you are doing something that you are unfamiliar with and you're forced to sort of do it repeatedly, it offers you the opportunity to get familiar whereby expanding your core, right? creating a better version of yourself. And so whatever it is, even the, to the smallest thing, like maybe writing with your left hand, if you're a right dominant, right hand dominant person, to having to get on virtual calls and learn how to use technology in order to interact with people. This change that you're experiencing, it's just causing you to do things differently than, than you've done before, discover something new that you haven't done before, which is it's, it's progress in life. If you look around, if you just look at life, like, you know, from, you know, just like before we got on the call, your telephone rang. Not your cell phone, but this is one of those regular phones, okay, yeah. that hangs on the wall or, you know, yeah. sits on a, on a shelf that yeah. is like a, one of those rotary phones. We've gone through so many different changes from that type of phone to the cell phone where there was some version before then that we used that everyone was comfortable with. And I just seen a commercial just the other day where now my smartphone is foldable. 
it was just on the commercial. First time I seen it last night. They're taking like iPhones or Samsung Galaxy phones and now they're foldable, not like the regular flip phones that you used to. But this box here that is a phone, a smartphone is now foldable. It's even more compact than what we're used to today. And I'm thinking, wow, that's progress. You know, one could think that, you know, the initiation of technology and all of these things is negative. It isn't. It's how you perceive them and how you use them. Everything in life is good. We just don't use it in that manner. We just don't see it in that manner. Mm-hmm. The discriminator is us. It's not life. We have the ability to perceive change as progress. And when you do, it makes you more resilient. Absolutely. Okay. So on that note, we're going to take a, a small break. And I'm going to tell you about some things that we're up to that uh, really advance the kind of things that Rodney is referring to. We're, we're becoming all about helping people discover and cultivate their purpose. So we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll continue this great conversation. Hello, I'm Dr. Linda Ulrich, founder of Ever Widening Circles and the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast you're listening to now. I've got a question for you and an answer. Have you been hoping that the world is actually a lot better than what we see on the news and social media? Well, it is. In fact, it's radically better. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows about yet. But on December 1st, 2021, all that changes with the launch of the Goodness Exchange, a digital landscape where you will see that the world is full of goodness. And we will introduce you to the people making it that way. The bottom line is that someone is solving every vexing problem in the world, large and small. And the goodness exchange will be a place where people are coming together to amplify a future full of possibility. No one with good intention and good ideas need feel alone again. Here's what you're gonna find on the website at the Goodness Exchange. It will feel like a landscape full of possibility. There'll be articles there and interviews and events that will send your mind and your heart soaring again. There will be a social media platform with a culture of kindness and bright celebration of all that's possible and insights from each other and some of the world's best thought leaders. And that social media platform is a place where organizations that are doing good in the world will not have to hold their nodes. It can be a trustworthy, respectable place for organizations to host their gatherings and groups and connect with each other. A network of positive networks. This is what will change the future for us all. The Goodness Exchange will be a place to find mini courses and masterclasses, and there'll be guides there that that are super trustworthy, that we have put our faith in ourselves at Ever Widening Circles now for a decade. And eventually, there'll be a jobs board and a children's website. So imagine a website with no ads, no games, and no agenda, just a simple and powerful vision of combining the collective strengths to create a future that we can all celebrate. The Goodness Exchange will open a new era on December 1st. 
who knows what's possible if there was a place on the internet that brought out our best impulses and our collective genius. Join us after December 1st, 2021 at the Goodness Exchange and start living with less fear and more joy as individuals and organizations. Okay, we're back. So Rodney, we've gotten through two of the seven strategies. I'm not sure we're going to get them all down, but we're going to try. Um, the third one is to recognize the newness yes. change introduces. This is, you know, it doesn't automatically have to be a bad thing. That newness, let's, t- let's talk about newness because I think we're seeing the world anew, all of us. Yeah, you know, I love the law of polarity. The law of polarity says that, you know, for every left, there's a right. For every up, there's a down. You know, it sort of balances everything out. Well, with change, you know, there may be what you perceive as a as a downside or a bad side of change. And then there could be this good side, right? I tend to get excited about that. And here's why. From my experience dealing with paralysis, I remember lying in bed one night, hurting, feeling terrible. And I wasn't hurting because I was physically broken, which I was. I was hurting because I was emotionally broken. And, you know, I wanted to feel better, just like we all do when we're facing some type of challenge or hardship or change. And it sort of feels like it sets us back. We're like, the initial feeling is just, ah, you know, you don't like it, stressful. And I wanted to get beyond that. And so I started asking myself a series of questions about how I can, how I can feel better. And I had to be very authentic with myself. And I was, and I would ask myself things like, Hey, what if you had a better attitude? Would that make you feel better? And the answer to that was yes. So what if you worked a little bit harder? Could you work a little bit harder? And if you did, would that make you feel better? At least you're giving it everything that you can do, even though the doctors are saying this and that. What if you put forth the effort? And yeah, I mean, I, I was honest and I said, yeah, that would make me feel better. And I kept going to the point where I said, well, what if you were able to improve and recover beyond what anyone ever expected? You know, would that make you feel better? And I was like, yes. And I began to create a new vision, a, a, a new opportunity, a new a new way of, of, of seeing things. And that became very exciting, so exciting that it became my drive. It became my vision. It replaced everything that I felt like I lost in the accident. And so when change happens or you you get hit with resistance or you get hit with opposition like a pandemic or social unrest it's the newness the 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 possibility what is the creative opportunity that's the question that's really what i was asking myself what is the creative opportunity in this something that doesn't exist right now but as a result of looking at this in a different light what is the creative opportunity what could be possible as a result of this change, a result of this challenge. And when we recognize that this can come out of that, oh, we can try this, we can do that. Your entire attitude and perception about what was once daunting changes. And it's only because we're recognizing the newness, the creative opportunity, right? And so we feel bad based on what we are perceiving. And so when we can perceive something else. Like when we see something, like the vision is, is daunting, the vision is broken, the vision is non-existent because of whatever's showing up. So we feel like we don't have anything to feel good for. Or there's so much uncertainty. But when we can see beyond the obstacle and see something new and fresh that's 
promising. Now it may take some work. Yeah. But at least it starts your emotions and you get, you know, engraved in what's possible. And now you can shift your focus again, not you can shift your focus from what's happening to you to what's happening for you. That's a really, really key point. You know, in your statement there, what's happening to you or what's happening for you, it's a simple um, substitution of of two words. (laughs) This is not like having to go build the Brooklyn Bridge. No, no, it isn't. One of the things that separates me, I think, from other trainers and speakers is, you know, I like to give people practical, usable and simple mental tricks that are just powerful, that changes the game. You don't have to be this or, or that. One of the reasons I got into this business, not only just to tell my story, but I've seen so many people have dreams and goals and they see other people achieve similar dreams and goals, but they don't, and they celebrate it, but they don't feel like that's available for them. It's, I can never do that. It was great that they can do it, but, but I don't see myself doing it. And I think a lot of that is because society paints such a perfect picture of what it takes or how it should be in order to achieve something great in order to overcome that that person is an anomaly you know there's something special about it isn't it 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 really comes down to how you view yourself in relation to the challenges and obstacles that's showing up in your life and you have the mental capacity we all have the mental capacity to overcome any and everything that's put before us we can do that and again People will say, well, that's a moonshot. Everything? Yes, everything. And why should you have that mentality? Why? Because with that mentality, you will always progress beyond. Whether you hit the moonshot or not, like, yeah, okay, so I had 100 challenges in my life and I overcame 90 of them. Okay, that's a 90% success rate just by having the mentality that I can overcome any and everything, right? So it's worth the step forward. It's worth you going after it 100%. But a lot of people don't because they don't feel like they can or they're not, you know, special. And that's just total BS. I don't, I don't buy that. This is the challenge of our times is floating along sort of on autopilot and letting the narrative of society or what our parents or our coworkers are just sort of believing all that narrative and not challenging it in our own lives, this is the challenge. It's so easy to be on autopilot. And, you know, that brings us to, to uh, resilient strategy number four. Yeah. Believe that change can be transformative. It's back to this quote. It's what's happening to you versus what's happening for you. I mean, you just go into it believing I broke my arm last winter and I had a cast up to my armpit. And of course I sat there, I had to have, oh, it was ugly, the x-ray and lots of surgery and all that. And I have made a habit. Now it's a habit. I, I think mm-hmm. that, you, would you agree, Rodney, that this these kind of mindset changes, these transformative changes don't happen overnight. It's a practice and then you get better and better. Absolutely. I believe that resilience is something that you want to develop before you need it. Okay. Now- A lot of people want to be resilient, but they don't want to go through anything that's uncomfortable. All right. And that is just nonsense. You can't develop the mental muscle, the resilience muscle, the resistance and the resilience intelligence to be that type of person. If you are always in situations that are familiar and comfortable to you, 
In order to build that muscle, you have to be in situations that are uncomfortable. Now, that is one of the things I am so grateful for. Like when you ask me about my accident, like I'm grateful that I have my accident. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I'm so grateful. Why? Because this is something that sets me apart from other people is that I have had to battle with this mentally. Like now it's 28 years. I just celebrated the 28th anniversary of my accident a couple of weeks ago, August 26th. And the amount of mental strength and emotional intelligence that I've gained from having to wake up every single day and face a challenge. I mean, it has been daunting, but now I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm, I've calloused my mind. My mindset is, is, is stronger because that muscle has been developed from being in a place of training for 28 years. And I think every day you should wake up and challenge yourself. There should be challenges that you deliberately, you know, like people say, you know, how do I build confidence? You build confidence by putting yourself in positions that are challenging, but achievable. That's how you do it. And as you do this over and over and over again, you'll find that you start looking for things that are bigger. You start looking for things that are more challenging because you believe that you have the confidence to do it. The reason why a lot of people are not comfortable with uncertainty is because they don't feel like they have the mental and emotional fortitude to get through it. You know, change requires change. A lot of people are just not willing to change. They're not willing to go through that prop. I want to be fit, but you don't want to go to the gym. And then when you do go to the gym, every time it starts to burn a little bit, you stop. The burn is an indication that you're working. It's working. That's what that's about. So you got to be willing to stay in there in order for the transformation to happen. Soon as the transformation starts, you stop, but you don't. You know, you get upset because you don't get the full effect of the transformation. You think transformation, like as soon as you feel it, it should just happen. Like, there we go. All right. So I lifted two pounds and I should look like a model. Really? No, you got to you got to go through the process of working and developing and growing and changing. Like if you're going to be someone who overcomes insurmountable obstacles, then you got to be someone who overcomes insurmountable obstacles. And so you got to ask yourself, what does that look like? Who do I need to be? What do I need to learn? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to pick up? That's how you change. You got to be willing to look at you like that old person, like that guy that's, that was in the wheelchair. That guy is dead. He is dead. I killed him a long time ago. Like, I'm, a, I'm a different person. And I'm still like, there's, there's still insecurities. There's still things about me that I want. And, and we all have them because we're human. Like no one's perfect. And so those things about me that I want to change and improve, like I'm on, I'm attacking it every single day because I want that to go away. And I want to make room for this new person, this, this greater, bigger, badder, more impactful, more expressive version of me. Right. And that's what, challenge and opposition provide in, in my in my point of view. Wow. That is a nuance. It sounds like really, really big, but I think it's a nuance in the way in the way we perceive change and transformation. There's a difference that you make. Don't you speak about the difference between transformation and change? So change, you know, some people can do something for a, a, a little while and they can adapt to a certain situation. Let's say, for example, I want to be fit. All right. So you say, 
And this is what happens to a lot of people. They change their diet. Okay. They start, you know, you see these people carrying around like a gallon of water everywhere they go. It's like, you know, you see them do this for like six months. And next thing you know, you know, they look like they're dehydrated because they haven't had water, you know, or they, they're back at the fast food restaurant every single day. They haven't worked out. I was just talking to my trainer. My trainer and I, we have this rigorous workout routine. I mean, it is, it is, it is rigorous. And I asked him, I said, do you think the average person can get through this workout on a consistent basis? He said, no. He said, I do this every day. This is what I do for a living. He said, what happens is they come, they'll go six months and then they're done. They're like, I can't do this anymore. And so they'll, they'll go away for like three, four, five months. And then when they start gaining weight again, they'll come back and then we'll get going. And then they'll quit again because it gets too, it becomes too much. They haven't changed. Well, they changed, but they didn't transform. Okay. They changed and then they went back to the norm. Like I talked about earlier, that person who they were is still very much alive. Their identity with one of the things that has allowed me to be the person that I am today is, and I need everyone to get this because this is, this is the most important thing. It's the identity piece. Okay. Like if you want to be, let's say you have goals to be a CEO, right? Then you have to take on the identity of a CEO and you have to do that like now. You don't wait until you're the CEO to start taking on that identity. And I asked the question earlier, like, who do I need to be? That's what I'm talking about. It's not so much what you need to do to overcome the obstacle. A lot of people get caught up in that. I need to go do this. They're looking for something to do. They're waiting for the government to tell them what to do. They're waiting for the manager to tell them what to do. They're waiting for the leaders to tell them what to do. And they just go do it. And they don't have no personal attachment to what they do. It's just, this is what they said we can do. This is just a change we need to make. And that's, and we're going to get over it. But you haven't transformed. Transformation is when you internally change and transform your identity is changed, or I call it flipped over. It's turned over. It's, It's a new leaf. It's not the same anymore. Is transformed. You've taken on the identity of what it is you're trying to accomplish. So to make a to make that into a business analogy, and we could come up with a hundred hundred different angles. Yeah. Is it, I just want to understand if I understand you well. So if you really aspire to be at the leadership level in in your organization, yeah. And unless you take on that identity of leadership well before time. You know, you don't think of, you don't wait to be assigned the next job. Like you were just saying, you don't yeah. wait until tell me, somebody tells you what to do. No. You, you do the things that leaders do, which is take your own initiative, go out on a limb, take an educated risk, you know, communicate in a broader sense of, of group. And when, once you start practicing all those things, even if you're not in leadership, you'll be positioning yourself to be tapped. Am I hearing that way? You that put right? yourself in a power play. I believe in putting myself in a power position. When I was training for football, I was in high school, but I always focused on what players at the college level were doing. How did they train? What videos did they watch? And I wanted to get into that because I wanted to take on the identity of the college players and use that in my game at the high school level, because I feel like that would give me an edge. And my philosophy was, once I get to the college level, are we looking at what they're doing in the pros? Right. Because I have greater access at that point. And I want to I want to use that in, in, in my game at the college level. And you see that right now if you if you watch sports. And so it's the same, like you said, in an organization. If you want to be a CEO, you got to think about what is a CEO thinking about on a regular basis? 
you know, how is he thinking in terms of the people and the initiatives and the missions and moving the organization forward? How does he attack problems? What problems are he considering real problems at that level, he or she? Okay. You start taking on the identity and then you start behaving in that way. And that's recognizable. People can, they can see that. And you, you've transformed, like you're just not a worker. You have transformed into a bona fide leader. That's what leaders do. Okay. And so to get to, I think it's, it's really like this. I think whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Okay. When you, when you have a challenge or you're experiencing change, whatever it is that's in front of you, like when you develop that vision, beyond what it is that's in front of you, you got to take on that identity of that thing. Meaning who do you need to be to be the type of person that overcomes what's in front of you and then accomplishes that, like becomes that. Success is not so much what you do as who you are. If you want to be successful, then you got to be successful. Okay. And you don't wait until you're successful to be successful. You start being successful. Now you take on that identity. You can be 300 pounds, and eat donuts every day. But once you make a decision that I'm going to be fit at that point, right then and there, even at 300 pounds, you say, bam, I'm going to be fit and I'm going to take on that identity. And that is what shapes your behavior. The reason why people don't change because they don't change the values. Like when you change your value, that listen, 90% of your behavior is unconscious behavior. Okay. 90% of the things you do is controlled by your unconscious your subconscious mind. It's not your conscious mind. It's your subconscious mind. These are the innate values that are driving your behavior. It's driving how you think, how you move, how you maneuver. A lot of the things that we do is habitual, okay? By default. And so what's driving all of that? It's your value. So you got to go back, especially when you're trying to change or you have an opposition in front of you, you're trying to get over. You got to go back. What is meaningful to you? The thing that shifted for me was, yeah, football was meaningful. Everything about football was meaningful. It really like dictated my entire life. But once I made the decision that I was going to walk again or die trying, that I was going to go out to this new vision, my values changed at that point. Everything changed. And that change dictated how I behaved on a daily basis. I took on the identity of someone who is going to get out of, out of a wheelchair and walk again and become a resilience expert. I, I took that on at that point in time. And the process of being this type of person, learning what this person does, going through this notion every single day, that's what created what you're seeing and hearing right now. Mm-hmm. But I took the, I, I took, I adopted that identity, you know, years ago. And so that's, and the, and, and the transformation happened during that process. And so that's what we have to do. And and that's deep work. Like we have to, a lot of our values haven't ever been challenged. We have the same values that mom and dad instilled in us when we were kids. And we've gone through several experiences, many opportunities to sort of go back and say, does that value work? It's like, is, is, is this serving me right now? But we just, we don't even go there. We just, it's not working. That's what we do. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working because change requires change. You have to change. So this is fundamental to your fifth change is that (laughs) (laughs) one does lead to the other, doesn't it? So once you make that kind of identity change, your values shift almost automatically. And those values will serve you a lot better than the ones you adopted just kind of by default. Sure. 
over life. This is what I hear you saying. Stop me if I'm no, getting it wrong. Yep. But so once your identity changes and your values change, then your window on the world is going to be different because mm-hmm. your fifth resilience strategy is that you recognize and explore an array of options that accompany change. Like you're probably going to see the world differently in a world of possibilities that you would have been blind to yeah. are suddenly there. So talk mm-hmm. to me about that process. Well, I mean, just recognizing that, you know, your value system isn't working anymore or recognizing, like, in my case, my attitude wasn't working. You know, it wasn't serving me. You know, I I looked at myself and I asked myself, hey, what's not, sir, what am I doing that's not serving where I would really like to go? And that's an option. Okay. And so when we, when we begin to put the responsibility on ourselves to change and, and take full responsibility for the resistance or the the opposition that's showing up in our lives, it opens up options for us. And that varies from person to person, challenge to challenge, opposition to opposition. I don't know what those are going to be for you, but because these new possibilities open up, we have choices that we can make. You know, it puts you in a position to make different choices or take advantage of, of different, like I've met so many people you know, I've been able to go see and do so many things as a result of making this decision that this is the type of person that I'm going to be. And I've been able to exploit those opportunities. And so that's what I'm saying here is that when you decide that you're going to take on the role of a person that's going to overcome or adopt the identity of whatever it is that you see on the other side of the opposition, when you make that decision, you start looking for those little windows, as you called it, of opportunity, different options and different decisions that you can make along that way. When you make the decision, these things open up for you and they open up because you're able to see them, right? Because you're, you're now putting yourself in a position to think or to see, for example, like a CEO, you know? And so when you're looking through that lens, you will begin to notice little things like, you know, this is a very simple example, like different trainings that's available that was always available, but because you didn't have the mindset of a CEO, you may have not even noticed that there was a training that you can take that gives you more insight on how to be a higher level or an executive leader. But now because you're in that space, like you've taken on that persona, now you see like, oh, oh, okay. And and now go take advantage of that, recognize that, explore that. That's That's what I mean by that. That is quintessentially what happens. Things pop up in front of you that you would have just let gone by. Sometimes now, since I I really feel like I'm living my life with purpose, and I've noticed this from other thought leaders. Other thought leaders tell me this too. It's a sometimes I feel like I'm standing in a wind of opportunity and I've got a catcher's mitt on each hand. And I, I'm just trying to make the most of all, all the things coming my way and try to evaluate each one. But I think that transformation came when I really actively decided to take some time to decide what my purpose is, really put words and meaning to it. And I think yeah. that's just a different way of talking about the same process that you're talking about. Absolutely. Transformation, changing your, that automatically changes your values that 
change what you see as far as opportunity. Okay, I'm going to combine the last two before we wrap up here. So the last two is perceive, and I think we've talked about this pretty much <laughs> the over the overarching conversation that we've had sure. is about the fact that you have to perceive change as the spice of life. Yeah. Please add some insights to us on how we really see change like spice of life. Well, I'm not going to just say it's change, but it's opposition as well. I want to include opposition. I want to include uncertainty. I want to include this adversity as a whole. It is the spice of life. And here's why I say that. You know, my philosophy is if you're alive and breathing, then you're on the field of adversity in the game of life. And on this field, anything goes. Okay. By default, like I said, if you're breathing, you're on the field. And so on the field of life, this is this is what's on the field. Like when we think about life, that's that's this is it. It's it's the experiencing and the overcoming of the challenges that present themselves on the field. What does that do for me? Well, it's a privilege to be out here on this field, to to play this game, to be in this game. That's that's a privilege. And I get to like experience these challenges and obstacles. And as I do that, I become a better player at the game of life. I have the opportunity to be a star in my life, to become a champion in my life, because that's the game that by default has been provided for me. Like I, I'm a team member and I get to play in this thing called life. And in life, I have these variety of experiences that I'm going to go through that are going to test me and provide opportunities for me to grow and improve and, and, and become a better version. Each game that I go through, each experience that I experience offers the opportunity for me to outperform it. And the more I outperform, the more I become a star, the MVP and the champion of my life. And that's that's what I want to be. That's what I've taken on. Like, I want to be the champion of my life. I want to be a star. And I'm grateful for these challenges and obstacles that show up because that's my training ground. That's teaching me how to be a better version of me so I can be the champion that I want to be. In order to be the champion, I got to grow. I got to develop. I got to change. Like I'm I'm not at the place that I have arrived just yet. And the reason why I know that is because I'm still breathing. Every day I wake up is an opportunity for me to be a bigger, better, better version of me. And I don't know what experience is going to present itself to me to offer me the opportunity to go to the next level. I just want to be ready. And I want to gain everything that I got to gain out of previous experiences so I can be ready for the the present and the future ones. And when we take that approach, I feel like we're unstoppable and we're in a a game that we can enjoy. We love. It challenges challenges us and also it makes us better. And I think that's what life certainly does for us. Oh my gosh, Rodney, this is great. These are these are just perspectives that we can create little snippets from in our mind's eye and review over and over again when we need them. I can't thank you enough for adding to our, our level of insight and our inspiration here today. Now, I always love to ask thought leaders, you know, I know that you are all about your message. You are about serving others and, and yeah. just sharing what experiences taught you so that people can overcome and get on to their very best selves. Yeah. Tell me in that journey of wanting to share your message, 
you know, what's the one thing if it happened right now, that would be such a game changer that would improve your impact? Because I want people to know what you need so they can further your message. You know, I've been thinking about that and I had an interesting conversation with, with your assistant before we uh, started the show. And I really think what would help me is, is to, to demonstrate in a movie what playing the game really looks like, how I've played this game that I'm talking about. So a movie, I, I would love to turn this message into a film that people can see because I, I really, you know, people have heard, you know, life is a game. It's all about how you play it, you know, and it sounds very cliche. And for someone who loved the game of football and had that taken away, this is how I play. I play every single day. And I would love to demonstrate that in, in some type of movie that shows people how to play every day. Because I think if people knew how to play game and how important the game is and how their role in this game makes a difference For all of us, I think they would take their play, their ability to play, their privilege to play more seriously. And that's that's really what I want people to to really take the game seriously and then adopt the game changer mentality so that they can become the star and the champion in their own life. That is a gigantic and wonderful goal. I hope that in some way this podcast is a part of your achieving that because, you know, film is a very, very moving part of how we imagine the future for ourselves. You know, there's always a hero mm-hmm. and a and a guide and, and the drama and all the things and the right films can move mountains. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping people take a look at Rod, Rodney's work to really appreciate the story that Rodney is talking about. Go back to our previous podcast with him, part one, and you will hear him give a great deal um, of his story there. And it is a lesson. There is one lesson after after another in that for us all. And I can't thank you enough for sharing everything with us now twice. Tell us exactly where people can connect with your work, Rodney. Very easy. You can reach me at rodneyflowers.com. That is uh, my website. You can also reach me and my team at team at rodneyflowers.com. We're also on social media, most active on LinkedIn. And uh, LinkedIn is just Rodney Flowers. You can just, you know, do that in the search. And uh, Rodney Flowers on, on Instagram, you know, just Rodney Flowers. Just Google Rodney Flowers or search for us on social media and you'll certainly okay. find us out there. Yeah, he does show up. Yeah, I'm so, so excited about sharing this. This will be a Wednesday article for Everwinding Circles as well. And I'm very excited about the people in that media that aren't podcast listeners that will be able to see the video of this. And I must say that this this broadcast today is coming from my family farm in Illinois. And I apologize if there's been any glitches in the, uh, in the transmission here. To get Wi-Fi on this farm, you have to have a direct line of sight to another farm's uh, grains silo that's really really high oh wow (laughs) so (laughs) we are 
We are all doing technology a different way. Thanks for your patience and anything that Rodney and I talked about is going to be down in the show notes and special quotes and things. And remember to check out the Conspiracy of Goodness Network. It's the it's a soft launched network for people who want to do good in the world. There's a little bit of a bump to join that group. So we're going to keep all the mean people out who want to cause chaos over on the other social media platforms. And we hope that, that we grow this sentiment that Rodney has been talking about with us now for for two different shows. As always, dive into everwideningcircles.com and I hope the connections that Rodney Flowers and I have shared today to goodness and progress take you through the rest of your week and you start finding all the joy and wonder that we've been talking about. Thanks. <laughs>